Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I'm so happy to be with you. Only we're here today by audio only and back tomorrow with audio and video if all goes well. Um, I'm thrilled to be with you. And you know, this is not a news program, and I, I can hardly resist speaking about the happenings every single day with you because they're they're just getting worse and worse and worse. And I think will continue to get worse. Um, I, no one has to be a prophet to, to see that or think that. Um, but I keep saying the only answer for us, aside from the practicality of preparing physically for what by having food and a way to live without electricity and, and just without panicking, exploring all of that and bringing your children home and teaching them the faith, um, we need to go back to learning the faith because that is the only thing we need uh, to survive. We need to know who we are and we need to know whose we are. Our children need to know that and they're never going to learn it in public school and it'll be the rare Catholic school that will give them that sense of identity. There are some schools, but they're very, very few. Um, um, the majority of Catholic schools that I've uh, come across um, actually will harm your children because they think they're, they know what the solitude is when they graduate, and they don't. And then they go to college and leave the faith because they never had it. And so um, we must learn the faith, and you must teach it to your children. This is not an isolated idea or a novel idea. This is God's vocation for parents. This is what God has given us to do, to raise and nurture our children in the faith, not to turn them over to the world, not even to turn them over to the church, because the church will not be accountable for how your children are raised. You will be, when you stand before God, husband and wife will be accountable for raising their children in the faith, and it won't matter what you teach them if you don't live it. They will not learn what you say. They will learn what you see. Uh, they will learn by example. Um, I keep thinking of the statement of Archbishop Chapu, uh, who said that the greatest gift a father can give his children is to love their mother and the converse. The, the greatest gift a mother can give her children is to love their father. Uh, you can doubt, doubt your children with love and gifts and all that, it means nothing. But when they, not in the long run, um, but when they see love, they learn love, and that's when they feel secure. So um, I'm gonna go back to the Catechism Explained, which is the Council of Trent Explained. I'm not negating the newer Catechism that, that came following Vatican II, but that was not a doctrinal council. It was a pastoral council attempting to bring um, the truths of the faith uh, to modern application. But the Council of Trent was fully doctrinal and countered errors of the Reformation. And if you 
I highly recommend that you would purchase the Council uh, of Trent, but in the book, it won't say Council of Trent as a title. It's the Catechism Explained. It's a very thick book, and it is word for word the Council of Trent, but explained. So it'll be teaching, and it's along the order of the Baltimore Catechism, Q&A, who is God? Why did he make you? It's a wonderful, wonderful tool, the full faith, and it's for three-year-olds and for 100-year-olds, the whole family together. When we left off, I don't even remember when it was, but it was last year, uh, the end of last year, on Section 5, of the Catechism, which begins the Christian faith. And we'll start right from there, from from uh, Section 5. And if you wish to get the Catechism explained, uh, I think it's been republished by Mediatrix Press. Uh, you can get it on Amazon, hopefully in any Catholic bookstore. And if they don't have it, they can order it for you. So I'm just going to read... Uh, right from the Catechism Explained, Section 5, which begins, which is titled, The Christian Faith. Number one, Christian faith is the firm conviction arrived at with the grace of God that all that Jesus Christ taught on earth is true, as well as all that the Catholic Church teaches by the commission she has received from him. And then it goes on to explain at the Last Supper, our Lord said, this is my body, this is my blood. Although the apostles had the evidence of their senses that what lay before them was only bread and wine, yet they believed that the words of Christ were true. The holiest of the life of Christ, the, the holiness rather of the life of Christ, the numerous miracles that he worked, the predictions of his that were fulfilled, had convinced the apostles that he was the Son of God, and that therefore every word that he spoke was true. God promised Abraham many descendants, and then commanded him to slay his only son. Abraham obeyed, because he knew that God's word must come true. This was a splendid example of faith, and St. Paul calls faith the evidence of things that do not appear. Another translation of that, I know, is the evidence of things not seen. Christian faith is at the same time a matter of the understanding and the will. Before a man believes, he inquires whether what he is asked to believe was really revealed by God. This inquiry is a duty, for God exacts of us a reasonable service and warns us that he who is hasty to believe is light in heart. But when once a man has arrived at the conviction that the truth which is in question was really revealed by God, then the will must at once submit to what God has laid down, even though the reason cannot fully grasp its meaning. If the will does not submit, faith is impossible. No man can believe unless he wills to believe. And you know, beloved, on, I remember on my way uh, to Christianity, which began with evangelical Protestantism, I said to the people that were trying to give me the gospel, um, I said, I have to know 
They said, believe and you will know. I said, I can't. I have to know and then believe. God wants us to use our reason. But unless we truly believe, we will never know. And if you are a Catholic who is weak in your faith, if you question the church, if you question the faith, even if it's your heritage, if you are a fallen away Catholic, if you are a Protestant who has been taught um, any, any amount of errors about the Catholic Church, if you're a Buddhist, if you're Jewish, if you're an atheist, an agnostic, uh, Hindu, whatever you are in faith, the Catholic Church is the only church that claims to be the true, true Church of Christ, with Christ as its head, not metaphorically, but truly. We are his body, truly. When he said, this is my body, this is my blood, bread and wine obeyed and became his body and blood, just as when he said, um, uh, let there be light, and there was. God creates by his word. So the, the, the question for you to ask, and it's a matter of life and death, eternal life and eternal death, is, is the Catholic Church absolutely heretical? And all the saints that we, St. Augustine, um, Cyprian, uh, Ignatius, Polycarp, uh, all those saints that Protestants quote, um, and that were quoted in my 18 Protestant years, uh, as models of heroism, models of faith, are those men all mistaken? Why would we co- quote them if they belong to a man-made church? Um, it's time, beloved. I don't know how much time we have left on earth, and I don't want to set an alarm that's false. But I think it's time now to come to our senses, and I don't think we have much time left to sincerely ask God and seek him. If the Catholic Church is truly the one he established, is truly the fulfillment of Judaism. If it was truly founded, as Paul writes to the Ephesians, on the apostles and prophets, Ephesians chapter 2. And if it is the Catholic Church, if the Catholic Church truly is Judaism, fulfilled in its Messiah and spread to the four corners of the earth, and just how... Um, those under the old law could not do their own thing, could not decide their own religion. The minute they, if, if you failed in one point of the law, you failed in all of it. And it's the same with the Catholic faith. If you don't, if you negate one thing, you negate it at all. Because we're not our own popes. It's not for us to judge what is true or not. We are finite. Uh, we're not God. We're not infinite. We're not omniscient. We don't know all things uh, any more than a three-year-old knows everything. A three-year-old must obey his parents for his very life and safety and health and right growth. Uh, The same thing here. God has given us a church, uh, just as he did in the Old Covenant, Um, a people he formed for himself that were to be in the world and not of it, to be a peculiar people in the midst of a pagan world that by their clothing, by their laws, by their uh, food, by everything they did and did not do, 
can listen to any of our network-produced programs at your convenience, wherever you enjoy podcasts. Hear a powerful sermon you need to share with a loved one? Maybe there's a guest or teaching segment that deserves another listen. You can find all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, our website, and the free iCatholic Radio app. Be uplifted in your faith. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. Do you love listening to the Station of the Cross on your car radio, but sometimes find yourself driving outside the listening area? Never miss another minute of your favorite show. Download the iCatholic Radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world 24 hours a day. The iCatholic Radio app is available for your phone in the Apple Store or for your Android phone in Google Play. Visit thestationofthecross.com for more information. In the New Testament's first letter of St. John, chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, we read, And we have this confidence in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in regard to whatever we ask, we know that what we have asked Him for is ours. It's incredible to realize how much God loves us, what He has promised us, and what He'll give us through our trust in Him. Have you prayed for the Station of the Cross today? We would be grateful if you would remember us each day in your prayers, whether it's the Most Holy Rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, the Liturgy of the Hours, the Most Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, or any other prayers you pray throughout the day. Please also pray for the intentions of your fellow Catholic radio listeners. It's so important for us to remember to keep one another in prayer. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are live by audio today, not by video. Hopefully we'll be back by video tomorrow. And um, just before the break, we were talking about how vital it is for every single soul in the world to be in the Catholic Church. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. Um, and to come to the Father but by Him is to come through the Church He established and promised to lead into all truth till the end of time. Uh, that Church against which the gates of hell would not prevail, not 40 plus thousand uh, denominations, but a Church, a city set on a hill. And I could. I can imagine a number of you who who don't believe or who are weak in their faith saying, yeah, but look at that hill now. It's uh, corrupt. Look at what's coming from the Vatican. Look what the Pope is teaching. Look at this and look at that and look at the bishops that are closing down masses and all that. Yeah, I know. It's a, I don't know that the church has ever been in a more devastating time, but that it's because it is the church that Pope Paul the six years ago said, the smoke of Satan has entered the church because it is the church. And he seeks to divide and bring lies. And that's what he's doing, beloved. Don't look at the people. 
um, Frank Sheet, an apologist of uh, past days, uh, two centuries ago, said that the church is the cause of the holiness of its people, but its holiness is not based on their response. I'll repeat that. It's a wonderful statement. It's true. The church is not... Uh, the, church, the church, rather, is the cause of the holiness of its people, but its holiness, the holiness of the church, is not based on their response. And Bishop Fulton Sheen has famously said, there are not a hundred people in America who hate the Catholic Church, but there are millions who hate what they mistakenly think the Catholic Church teaches. Beloved, I, I implore you, I don't know what else to do. Um, uh, to look into the Catholic Church, whether you've been Catholic and left, whether you are Catholic now and you're weak and you're not sure about it and you're dabbling in other faiths or dabbling in your faith, um, and whatever you are, whether you don't even think there's a God, I beg you to ask him. Not You can ask him as a challenge if you want, but he will respond to a sincere heart who truly wants to know if he exists if he's the rewarder, as he says, of those who seek him, uh, and if the Catholic Church is the church that he established, um, uh, and of which he speaks in the Gospel of John, chapter 16 through 18. So, uh, no, rather, uh, Matthew 16 through 18. Um, it is his church. There's no other way to be saved. Uh, can a person be saved outside the Catholic Church? Um, they can. They can uh, if they live up, uh, the Catholic Church says, to the grace that they've been given and truly seek Him. But God alone knows who truly seeks Him. Um, so if you're Protestant or any or Jewish and you say, Lord, um, th this all sounds like hogwash to me. This is just a zealous Catholic speaking. I don't think it's true. But if you, or I know it's not true, you could say. But if you're unafraid to truly seek the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that God who sent his son, say, dear Lord, if, open my heart. If I'm wrong, show me. And, and be sincere about that. Um, and he will. He will not answer. He will not fail to answer a, a, a sincere heart. Uh, even if you're afraid, he will answer you. He will show you. Um, and so the first first point, let's just see. Now we've we've covered, um, and we won't have time for much more today. Is of the Christian faith is that Christian faith is the firm conviction arrived at with the grace of God, not apart from Him. Jesus said, "Beloved, no one can call me Lord apart from the Holy Spirit." So it is a firm conviction arrived at with the grace of God that all that Jesus Christ taught on earth is true, as well as all that the Catholic Church teaches by the commission she has received from him. This is very important, beloved. Um, by the commission she has received from God, because it is the faith once delivered, uh, Jude writes, the faith once delivered to the saints. The faith was complete and completely delivered by the last apostle in the first century. There's no further doctrine, nothing new under the sun since then. There is what 
uh, John Henry Cardinal Newman called the development of doctrine, just as a human being is complete, a full human being at conception, but needs to grow. And a baby, when it's born from the mother's womb, is complete, but it needs to grow. Uh, Arms and, and organs and everything into the full measure of a man. And so at the um, foundation of the church, God gave everything complete. The faith wants to live it to the saints. And that is the faith that the Catholic Church has kept for 2,000 years. Nothing could be eliminated. Nothing could be added. And nothing could be changed. Absolutely nothing. In today's climate, when we hear change coming from the Vatican, uh, or this has to change, that doctrine has to change. It cannot change uh, any more than anybody can change the creation of the world that God has done. It cannot. It's done by God. We can destroy it. We cannot change it. Uh, we can say to somebody it's changed. We can say as the... As the um, uh, absolute lunacy in the world today is saying that homosexuality is okay, but those who believe it will not wind up in heaven. No homosexual or slanderer or gossiper will enter heaven. Everyone is bound for hell who contradicts uh, by word and action the doctrine that our Lord set down for us because everything he set down uh, with scripture and tradition um, is for our salvation, everything. That's why Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 15, Apostle Paul says um, that you need to believe the word that I have given you, either by mouth or written. Because what is given by mouth is tradition with a capital T, not the tradition of men, but the tradition that God has given um, uh, for our salvation, and none of it could be ignored, none of it, beloved, any more than the word of Moses could be in- ignored, whether by mouth or written, which is why uh, our Lord said, you do what Moses says, not necessarily what he does, because he doesn't necessarily do the whole faith, but what he says from his chair is what is infallible, and what the Holy Father says ex cathedra, that is out of the chair of Peter, is infallible and must be obeyed. Thanks be to God, our current Holy Father has said nothing ex cathedra from the chair of Peter. Absolutely nothing. Nothing that has to be obeyed. We need to respect the papacy, but there is nothing that he has said in anything that changes the faith in one form or another that needs to be obeyed, or that should even be adhered to, if it is against the faith. So, um, beloved, we don't have to walk around insecure, unsure. We don't have to do that. We have a catechism, and I urge you to go to the Catechism Explained, and if you don't know truly what the Catholic Church teaches, pick that up. The Catechism Explained. It's worth every penny. It's on Amazon, I know, and again, I think it's published by Mediatrix Press. You will know. If you want to fight the Catholic Church, at least know what you're fighting. Fight the true faith, not the misconceptions that you have heard 
by those who left the Catholic Church or those who have looked into it without ever knowing what it is. Um, So fight what is truly the Catholic Church. Don't spend your time and waste your life fighting misconceptions. Um, Okay, the second point here, which we'll maybe just start on, is faith, number two. Faith is concerned with many things which we cannot perceive with our senses and cannot grasp with our understanding. Faith, again, Hebrews chapter 9, faith is a conviction respecting that which we see not. We believe in God, though we do not see him. We believe in angels, though we have never seen them. We believe in the resurrection of our bodies, though we do not understand how it can be. So, too, we believe in the mysteries of the Blessed Trinity, of the Incarnation, and of the Blessed Sacrament of the Altar. This is why faith is so pleasing to God. Apostle John says, or rather our Lord says to St. Thomas, Blessed are they who have not seen but have believed. Faith never requires us to believe anything that is contradictory to human reason. The mysteries of faith are above and beyond our reason, but are never opposed to reason. For God has given us our reason, and it is the same God who has given us the teaching of Christ and of the church. He who rejects any doctrine of the church ultimately finds himself involved in a contradiction. Hence, Bacon, uh, the um, Uh, says, uh, the the author named Bacon, truly says, a little philosophy makes a man, takes a man away from religion, but a sound knowledge of philosophy brings him back to religion. I'll repeat that. A little philosophy takes a man away from religion, just as quoting half verse of scripture or something out of context will take you away from religion. But sound knowledge of philosophy brings him back to religion, just as sound knowledge of Scripture. I'll read point three, but I think our break is coming up. We won't be able to spend time on it. And after the break, dear ones, we'll have an entire half hour by ourselves. Even though it's just audio today, I'll be able to take your emails, and you'll be able to call in with anything on your heart. Uh, Point three is we act quite in accordance with reason when we believe, because we trust ourselves to God's truthfulness, and because we know for certain that the truths of faith are revealed to us by God. All right, dear ones, I'll stop there for today. Um, Tomorrow we'll hopefully be live again with you, but with video. And you are welcome in the next half hour when we come back from the break to call in with anything at all on your heart, toll free, 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
I didn't take my faith seriously, which which probably means I, I never really got it to begin with. No, I didn't want to give up sin. I mean, the reason we sin is because sin is fun. But it's, it's self-love sin. But it's amazing with God's grace how easy trying to not sin it really is. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for February 14th. Today we celebrate Saints Cyril and Methodius, but let's also briefly remember Saint Valentine, the 3rd century priest and martyr who gave his heart to God rather than renounce his faith. Cyril and Methodius were brothers born in late 9th century Greece. Both men became monks and missionaries in Moravia, part of the present-day Czech Republic. Cyril's first work was to invent an alphabet still used in some Eastern liturgies. His and his brother's free use of the local language led to opposition from the German missionaries already ministering there. Cyril died only 50 days after taking the monastic habit. Methodius, older by 15 years, continued mission work for 16 more years. This included service as a papal legate for all the Slavic people and as a bishop. Methodius was exiled for three years in a political dispute and later was falsely accused of heresy. Both men encountered opposition and even hostility from some clergy for preaching in the local language and for their use of the Slavonic liturgy. Today, Cyril and Methodius are honored in both East and West as patrons of ecumenism. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm live, not video today, but audio, and hopefully we'll be back on video tomorrow. And this is our half hour together, so feel free, dear ones, to call in with anything whatsoever on your heart. Uh, again, you're always welcome to call in anonymously if you wish. It's just not an issue for us. The heart of the matter is a matter of your heart. So again, the number is toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We have an email from Rebecca who writes, Hello Mother Miriam. I am blessed to have found your program in twenty twenty and have continued to listen to you ever since. You have made my afternoons of folding laundry of doing housework much more interesting. Rebecca says, I'm writing today in response to your January 27th program regarding the importance of Christian education for children. My husband and I have been blessed with four children, ages 5 through 13, and they currently all attend our local Catholic school, a Philadelphia Archdiocese, Immaculate Heart of Mary School in the suburbs, about a half a mile up the road from our neighborhood. 
when everything went haywire during the pandemic, I really put the pressure on my husband to consider allowing me to homeschool our children. I'm a stay-at-home mother, and he is the sole financial provider. He would not have it. I decided since that I could not have my children at home with me during all the COVID-19 school nonsense of testing, etc., that I would figure out a way to be up there on a daily basis to see what was going on. I decided to send my youngest to preschool there and ended up working in her classroom there five days a week, which was also in the same building as the rest of my children. I received an in-depth knowledge of what our children are being taught in our school. And for the most part, aside from the COVID protocols, which I vehemently protested, I agree that the values they teach are in line with ours. Well, Rebecca, that's fantastic. I do say that there are a number of good Catholic schools, but, um, but a great number that no longer live the faith fully. So if your school does, she says, I'm very grateful that my husband pushed for our children to attend Catholic school. Originally, I was open to sending them to public school. But I have made a complete return to my childhood Catholic faith. We never miss a Sunday Mass or Holy Day. I attend confession once per month. And I pray the rosary every day for my family and have even made it our family tradition to pray the rosary together daily during Advent and Lent. That's very good. And I pray that you grow uh, past Advent and Lent, Rebecca, to pray the rosary every day. Needless to say, she writes, having our children in Catholic school has borne good fruit in our lives. I bless God for that. She continues, you scare me when you say on your program that we need to get our children out of Catholic schools and homeschool them. Let me stop there to say, uh, out of Catholic schools that are not Catholic. What I warn parents against is simply not to send their children to a so-called Catholic school because it has the name Catholic um, or because it's a diocesan school. Don't assume uh, that they are teaching the true Catholic faith or that your children are going to be taught your Catholic values. Don't assume that. You have a responsibility not to throw them to the wolves or the fire. If it's a good Catholic school, no problem. Although your children need you more than they need strangers, even though they're teaching them the Catholic faith, especially in their younger years. They need you and your love more at home. You have homeschooled them uh, from the moment of conception for their nine months in your womb, and you diapered them and fed them and taught them until they were five. Why at five years of age would you turn them over to the world, even the Catholic world? It's it's a shock to their system. And even if they're teaching the true faith, you cannot assume that all your values will be upheld. And even if they are, you are sending your children away from you. And it it may not have the results you wish. But again, if it's a good school and you think they do have your values, uh, I'm not saying you should not do that. Um, well, let's see now. Um, she says, I tried so hard. Um, 
let me just re- start re- repeat the sentence. You scare me when you say on your program that we need to get our children out of Catholic schools and homeschool them. I tried so hard for that in 2020, but gave it to God. And in the end, I know God teaches us that as Catholic wives, we are to accept that our husbands make the final call on certain family decisions. If you knew what a dominant figure my husband is, you would understand that if I push the homeschool topic any more than I already have, I believe our marriage and family would probably end up broken. Rebecca, I do not suggest you push it any further, especially you found out it's a good Catholic school, and I do believe you should let your husband lead. She writes further, we will be looking at high schools next year for our oldest. I understand what you are referring to when you say that our children will be affected by, and in many cases, adopt the behavior of their peers. Catholic high schools now, many of them, are far from Catholic. However, they are much better than the public alternative. They may be. I I, I don't know that. When a child goes to public school, at least they know that what is not right is not Catholic. If they go to a Catholic school and they're uh, introduced to sex ed and all this other kind of thing and attitudes that are unbecoming of Catholics, um, they won't know that the Catholic faith is any different. Um, Let me see. The other alternative to homeschooling a high schooler after having eight years of Catholic school would be a recipe for an uneducated, depressed teenager, in my husband's opinion. Although all that said, I would be willing to push if I really believed my child's soul was at risk. Yes, your child's soul is at risk. He's at risk even if he's sent to a Catholic school. There's no child whose soul is not at risk unless you keep him in a cage at home, and even then would be at risk, because that's not what God intends. That's why parents need to understand that no matter, even if you send your child to a good school, Catholic or not, the soul is always at risk. They're, they're becoming teenagers. They're opening up to question what they've been always believed. Um, they're always at risk. You always need to be there to debate with them, to counsel them, to dialogue with them, to, to bring them into a higher mindset. Um, she says, however, in a marriage, it's not just up to me as much as I wish it were at times. I feel I am subject to go along with the decision that my husband makes on this. That's all right. Keep the peace in your family. Let your children in high school go to a public school if they need to do that because your husband's not going to opt for anything else. And uh, go ahead with that. Make sure you do not fail to live the faith at home and pray the rosary as a family every night and discuss with them when they come home from school or in the evenings or weekends what it is they've learned at school and feed it through their Catholic faith. Your husband and you should be doing this together. Um, Rebecca says, I can put up a big fight as much as I want. Uh, but as much as I don't want to admit it, he makes the money and he has the final say. He doesn't have the final say, Rebecca, because he makes the money. He has the final say because God has made him the head of the home. And you should not fight. Do not fight. Um, and then she says, what is your advice here? Well, I've been giving it all through the emails. Your email is long. 
Um, she said, am I to renew a fight with my husband? Absolutely not. In order to have our children homeschooled, only to end up with depressed, miserable teenagers who resent their mother for taking them away from their friends. No, um, they're not going to end up depressed, um, miserable teenagers because you've taken them away from your friends. They will end up depressed, miserable teenagers because you're not living your vocation as a loving mother and wife. Do not fight with your husband. Do not contradict him. Give your children the example that your husband is the head of the house and that you submit to him in love, um, not out of fear. You don't obey him because he brings the money in. No, but because God has made him the priest of the home. He is to be the head and you are to be the heart. And Rebecca says, your advice is very welcome and appreciated. Don't hold back. I need to hear it all. I'm happy for your last sentence, Rebecca, because I haven't held back. I've held it all. The best thing you can do, Rebecca, for any, any wife, every wife, is to live your holy vocation of being a wife and a mother. Your children do not come first. Your husband come first, comes first. And if you are uh, submissive to him, uh, as to the Lord, not as to someone who lords it over you, not as a tyrant. Uh, your husband doesn't sound like a tyrant from what you've written. Um, you need to submit to him as you submit to Christ. Uh, if you have reasons why you think his decisions are not the best for you and your family, your children, um, you must discuss that with him, not in a fight. But uh, say, sweetheart, have you thought of this? Well, what about this? Or what if this? But the decision needs to be his. And uh, don't keep the peace in the family. Don't let it be a fight. Even if your husband insisted on a bad Catholic school and you were not able to talk him out of it by good reason, not by fighting, um, then that's the decision. Keep the peace in the family. And what will make your children Catholic more than anything else is to see your faith lived in love without compromise. And they will see how you contradict what is not Catholic in their school. Um, I hope somehow that helps. Um, okay. Um, I have a note here um, that Anthony called from Sydney, New York, uh, wishing me a happy Valentine's Day in Christ. How sweet. A happy Valentine's Day in Christ. How sweet, Anthony. He's no longer on the line. God bless you for leaving that message. And it is St. Valentine's Day, which I haven't thought of mentioning. And St. Valentine was a bishop and a martyr for the church. He is not too much known about his life, but he is a martyr. And um, a martyr of love for sure. So a real person. Uh, and it would be good to look him up and, and read to your children about uh, the man, the priest, who was St. Valentine, who became St. Valentine. In fact, the priest of our parish here in Tyler, Texas, St. Joseph the Worker Parish, parish he's Father Valentine, that's his name. So um, he has a, uh, um, a good standing to be named Valentine. Um, we have an email now from... Um, Andrew, who writes, uh, it's Andrew from Vermont. He says, Mother Miriam, I was wondering if you have any advice for combat 
veterans like myself who are still dealing with issues from war like I was there yesterday. Oh, Andrew, my heart goes out to you. I'm so, so sorry. I'll read the rest of your email, but I can already understand uh, what you're saying, even though I am not in your position and do not deal with the woundedness that you do. He says, I know the 20th anniversary of the invasion of Iraq is coming up next month, March of 2023. That time gone by has made these problems easier to hide or to deal with. But everything is still there, with some days way better than others. Also, I know there are a lot of my fellow veterans in worse shape than me. Just wondering your thoughts. Andrew, dear one, there's the music for our break. Uh, I'll respond when we come back from the break. God bless you. And when we come back, beloved, our lines are wide open. If you still wish to call in, um, we'll have about 10 minutes. And our toll-free number, one 511 5483 Or again, email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. Here at the Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. Catholic Radio has just been a lifesaver for me. I start my day with it. I listen to it all day long as much as I can. There's always people calling in with people who've lost children, and I love what everyone has to say and the advice of the Catholic Church and how to deal with suffering. It has given me the strength to get through the day and to get out of bed each morning. I am very grateful for it. Catholic Radio to me has been very informative on my religion. It has informed me of many things that I wasn't aware of or should have been aware of, and I've enjoyed it very much listening to it. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112, then share your testimonial with us. magnets are a great way to promote the gospel as proclaimed through Catholic Radio. We hear all the time from new listeners who were introduced to the station through a bumper magnet. We'd be happy to send you a bumper magnet so that others can come to know our Lord. Just go to thestationofthecross.com and find our bumper magnet request button under the About tab. That's thestationofthecross.com under the About tab. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, this is our final segment, and again, we are live audio today, not video, and hopefully we'll be back video tomorrow, um, and we have about 10 minutes. Uh, 
we read an email from Andrew just before the break. A very short. I'll reread it. Mother Miriam, I was wondering if you have any advice for combat veterans like myself who are still dealing with issues from war like I was there yesterday. I know the 20th anniversary of the invasion of Iraq is coming up next month in March 2023. That time gone by um, has made these problems easier to hide or deal with, but everything is still there. With some days way better than others, also I know there are a lot of my fellow veterans in worse shape than me. Just wondering your thoughts, Andrew from Vermont. Andrew, my dear one, I'm not a psychiatrist or a medical person, but I, I what you're describing is uh, PTSD, um, post-traumatic stress uh, disease or syndrome. Um, and it's most common in men through militant combat situations. Uh, you're not alone. It is tremendously common for men who have fought in the war. Um, and again, it, it could come back uh, your entire life if you don't get help. There are, if, I, if you look up PTSD or treatment for it, um, uh, you will get help guides on the internet, um, uh, clinics, retreat centers, uh, many, many people and methods to help. You don't have to live with that the rest of your life. You truly don't. It may feel helpless, like no one will be able to help, but that's not true. Um, I would seek out a professional, look it up online so you fully understand um, you know what it is, and you will relate 100% to it, dear Andrew, and then seek professional help from someone who understands, who is equipped to handle PTSD. Um, so that you can be healed and help others who might be suffering that you know. Don't live with this forever. There's no reason you can be freed from this, Andrew. Um, uh, it's, it's, it, it is possible. Healing is there. Uh, certain ways you can live, certain ways you can think. But I, I suggest you get someone to help you and guide you along on that. God bless you, my dear one, and I ask our listeners to pray for you, and we will pray for you. Um, we have a call on the line from Denise of Toronto. Hello, my friend Denise. Hello, hello. how are you, Mother Miriam, today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much. Yeah. Go yeah, ahead. Happy Valentine's, St. Cyril, and yes. Methodius' feast day today. Yes, and thank I just, you. Um, yeah, and I just wanted, um, I actually, I just wanted to ask prayers, at, ask you and as well as your um, the view, listeners to add to their prayers the name Josh Alexander. He's a 16-year-old boy, student, and he goes to a high school in um, up north here in, in northern Ontario, and he's been arrested, from what I understand, for standing, just for saying that um, there's only two genders, male and female. And he was standing up uh, against um, having sharing bathrooms in his high school, and, and it's a Catholic high school. Can you imagine? And you see that awful? That's just demonic. In fact, I think I saw that article on LifeSite News mm-hmm. of that young man. Yeah, so it's upsetting, and I, I just don't know what to do. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, of course, we can write to them, and you know, to the school, to the. Catholic school trustee who should be standing against this, but 
it's um, I was looking at the website for the um, school board, and it seems to be this all-inclusive stuff, and it's Catholic, and so they definitely are not on the right on the right track. So, but this poor boy is being you know made to suffer um, so much, and he's so young, and I I really you know he seems as a hero, and so I just wanted to ask you and everyone just to keep him in your prayers. He really needs them. Can you hear me? Yes, Denise. Okay, um, I wasn't sure if, if I've been commenting. If you were able to hear me, um, uh, this boy is a hero. Saints are made of such things, and he's not doing anything especially heroic. He's simply being a Catholic. Uh, but in this world, um, to simply be a Catholic uh, is to be persecuted. Uh, Saint Peter said that um, those who live godly in this world will be persecuted. So that's why I want everybody to live their faith. Uh, if we don't, if we hide, if we're silent, if we go along with the world, um, we'll make no difference. And we have the mission of converting the world. I bless God for this young man. And if he stood up against it, then um, he, God will give him the grace to uh, be firm and to realize that there's going to be consequences to come against the world. So I do ask everyone to pray for him, for his strength, for his conviction, for his heroism. And I would write, uh, everyone who in, the, in northern Toronto there, northern Ontario rather, I would write um, the school principal, I would write the bishop, I would write everybody you can uh, to say how can you not protect a young man who... All he's doing is standing up for his faith, and you're allowing this Catholic school to become worse than the world. How is that possible? I would write that. I would have the bishop flooded with hundreds of letters, and the school as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mother. Okay, Denise. God bless you, and thank you. All right. Bye-bye, honey. Let me see now. We have an email. Um, from uh, someone who writes in anonymously and says, Hello, Mother, I'm seriously considered joining the Catholic Church. Beautiful. My husband is Catholic, and we are currently attending a Novus Ordo Church. There is an FSSP Latin Mass Church about 45 minutes away that we plan to visit soon. Good. However, it is likely that we will not be able to start attending there every Sunday because it would almost certainly result in animosity from his family, who we attend our current church with every weekend. I think I would like to receive the sacraments in the extraordinary form, but I'm struggling with how we would approach this topic with his family. Um, When they find out that I'm attending a different church for RCIA, etc., his family attends church every Sunday, but they are not devout by any means. Thank you for your help. Well, I'm not the one to want to break families up, but this is not your husband's family's decision. They're not strong Catholics. Um, uh, they're not devout. I mean, they could be devout and go to Novus Ordo, but you're saying they're not devout. Um, you must not let them interfere with your faith or with your life. And your husband is the one who must be strong and say to them, Mom, Dad, um, uh, my wife, your daughter-in-law, is becoming Catholic. Blessed be God. 
and we have found a parish that we wish to, wish to attend. You don't have to have a Novus Ordo versus Latin parish uh, discussion. We found a parish that she wants to attend RCIA at and enter at. And I'm not going to stop her from doing that. It has nothing to do with our love for you, but it has to do with how she is being led into the church. And we will go to that Latin church uh, every Sunday from now on. We would love you to be with us. And maybe once in a while we'll join you here, but we're going to be at that other church. So even if it breaks his parents away from him and you, that's more important that you and your husband are firm in your life and your faith. A man would leave his father and mother and cling to his spouse. So uh, don't let their faith or lack of it or preference or love or lack of it determine what you do in this case. Absolutely not. Go to that Latin church and go to RCIA. I don't think they have that. You probably take instruction with the priest or someone there. And um, enter the church, and don't let anything hold you back. God bless you all, and we'll be with you tomorrow.